are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to Movie Grouch and Fanboy Podcast. My name is Bex. I am a big old movie grouch and I'm here with the resident fanboy, Blake. Hello. We hope you are well and we hope you enjoyed the first episode we released a couple of weeks ago. Thank you very much for um, the shout outs, the mentions, the feedback. We're really chuffed that people enjoyed it and we hope you're looking forward to the first proper proper movie episode that we're doing. I was very remiss and I forgot to do some shout outs and mention some people that do I Do you want to I do would, that now? I would do. Do you want to do that now or do you want to talk about what we've been watching? You do that first. Okay. Because well, you, it's nice to get the thank yous out that you forgot. Yeah. I say you. <laughs> that little dig there. Uh, it was <laughs> us. So we have to say thank you to our merry band of test people who sat through probably some really shitty episodes while we got to grips with the technology and stuff. So we have to say thank you to Ray, to Kat, to Luke, to Pete. We have to say a big thank you for Pete uh, to Pete. Pete not only got really excited about every episode that we released, he also did our amazing artwork. Yeah. Um, so super props to Pete. And thank you to Adam and Neil who listened. And thank you to my little sister Kate who also listened. And I think our parents listened as well. I think pretty much if people sat still for long enough, we just forced this podcast we, yeah, on Yeah, I think that's what happened. But thanks guys. We said we'd give you a little shout out. Um, and there it is. And We appreciate yeah. your help. Yeah, we do. And getting this out there. Yeah, amazing. Right. It's really kind. Uh, we normally kick things off with a little roundup of what we've been watching because we tend to watch things quite separate, don't we? Yes, we do. So, what have you been watching? NFL. Watch a lot of NFL. Right. Really into the Bake Off at the moment, but it's because I love cooking, so, you know, makes sense. Yeah. And that's pretty much it, really. Oh, I'll tell you what I'm really secretly enjoying, which it might be a bit of a guilty pleasure, is they've done a documentary series on ITV about the hotel the, the savoy ne- the savoy yeah i love it i don't know why it's pretty bad because it's like really insightful into how the savoy runs from top to bottom and it's pretty gross the money that people spend there but god do i want to go and stay for a night <laughs> oh, god. so that's pretty much what i've been watching <laughs> nothing really i've watched a few movies but nothing to write home about our house is quite small how have i not walked in on you watching an episode of that don't know oh because you're in bed oh okay you're asleep. Well, what about you? What have you watched? I haven't watched an awful lot, actually. You've been working pretty hard. Yeah, we've been smashing through... So Desmond's is back on Netflix. Yes. But it's uh, it's just really great. It was kind of really wholesome family entertainment. It used to be on at like half past eight on a Monday night on Channel 4. Mm. Um, so we've been watching that. And also we linked to it on our Instagram page. But I found an article about 44 horror movies. Uh, that are kind of like old but classic. So the one that I found most intriguing was Spider Baby. And we watched that last night, yeah. which was pretty cool. It was cool, wasn't it? Yeah, I like, enjoyed it. Classic black and white. Yeah. It had Sid Haig in it, who plays Captain Spaulding in the Rob Zombie Firefly family. Firefly family? I think they're the Firefly family films. And he died recently. If yeah, it wasn't this recently. year, it was late last year. So that was pretty I cool to remember. see him in an early role. I don't think, I can't, not many horror films age well. 
in my opinion. I think I think special effects and yeah. things like that, but there were some really genuinely cre- creepy bits. Yeah, creepy. it was wicked. It was some really creepy good. Bits. It was really good. What did you make me watch? What was our first I, film? I see you blocks? say make again, and I'm like, well, you're part of this podcast. Like, if you don't want to be part of it, change the language that you use, please. I chose for us to watch together <laughs> for the podcast. I didn't make you do anything. I chose the first film. I know, but it sounds more dramatic if I say But it makes me sound like an asshole. The Usual Suspects. Dun, dun, dun. From 1995. Yes. Have you got a synopsis, please? <clears throat> the plot follows the interrogation of Roger Verbal Kint, a small-time con man who is one of only two survivors of a massacre and fire on a ship docked at the port of Los Angeles. Through flashback and narration, Kent tells an interrogator a convoluted story of events that led him and his criminal companions to the boat and of a mysterious crime lord known as Kaiser Soze who controlled them. But before we get into the questions and your thoughts, yeah. just going to do the IMDb and Rotten Tomato scores. Yeah, go so for it. So IMDb scores it uh, 8.5 out of 10. Really? Yep. Wow, okay. Uh, Rotten Tomato critics... 89%. Wow. Audience, 96%. <laughs> From your reaction, I know how this is going to go. Look, to be honest, I'm amazed that I've managed to keep quiet about this since we watched it. Yeah, but we, we watched it on Saturday and it's now Thursday. Thursday, yeah. The first thing we're going to discuss that I'm going to ask you is what stopped you from seeing this movie on whatever occasion in the past? It looked boring. Okay, cool. That's fine. Is that um, it? Well... I think actually I I'm not the only person that shares that shares that opinion because if you look for the image of the film the cast look pretty bored on like okay. the film poster on the lineup poster yeah. that, that is quite yeah iconic. they all look a bit okay. what we're we doing here all right okay boring. that's fine yeah so you were literally put off by the cover no I just thought the film was going to be boring and then actually when I did my research I looked at the lineup thing and I thought well maybe I'm not the only one that thinks that. So, second question, what was your preconceived idea of this film? A crime would be committed and a group of criminals would be rounded up and they would be the usual suspects. So, could, would you care, what do you mean by you think it would be the usual sus- suspects? In what, like, in what sense? Like, they would be... You, are you thinking they would fill a criteria yeah. of, of people that we see in crime films? No, I just kind of thought that they would be like a group of people brought together that would usually be the suspects that, that wouldn't the police right. Oh, okay. get in a right. Okay, so when you say the usual suspects, you're being sarcastic. No, 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 no. No, I mean, like, <laughs> there might, I mean, I don't know how a lineup works. I've never been in a lineup. Right, but okay. There might, there's like a group of people, aren't there? There's like a crim book. Like a known crim book that the police flip through. Yeah. Or maybe they do it on a computer now. Yeah. <laughs> we have the yeah. I mean, I don't know. They might have hundreds of books somewhere still. Just and they're like just a, like, like, they're just flip. not. Yeah. Just like, no, get them all out, boys. Come on. We've got a long night ahead <laughs> flicking through mug shots to find our guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like the movies where they have like this automatic search thing where they look for facial recognition. That doesn't exist. No. They've got no. old school books. <laughs> Like, yeah. your mum's got photo albums of you yeah. as a child. Yeah, like that kind of thing. So they're just sort of like, right, we'll have him. He's like five foot two, blonde hair. He's the same. Well, that, yeah. We'll have him, we'll have yeah. him. And they'd all be like the usual people that are bought in. Right, and they'd be okay. like, oh, no, not another lineup. Okay. And then there cool. would be something 
about that. Okay, cool. All right, that's fine. No, that's fine. I mean, you're so you've taken it as quite kind of quite a literal. I'm going to save you some time. Pretty much all the answers that I give for this section will be quite literal oh, because okay. I have no idea about any of the films that you've picked. Okay, you, do you know you don't have to be literal? Well, I can take this seriously. Yeah, you can take. No it way, seriously. can Definitely. I? Yeah, 100%. <gasps> amazing. Because if all forty podcasts can be the same, we might lose <laughs> listeners if it's like. Oh, she's just doing that old shtick again. <laughs> Wait till we get to Jaws. It's about teeth! <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. It's about oh, jawbones! God, right. <laughs> do you want to do like a quick whip through? So, the story goes, the usual suspects, these characters, were set up and arrested at the same time in the police station. They were all put in the lineup, which I find quite odd, because normally when you're in the lineup, you are asked to be in a lineup with people that look similar to you. Not five yeah. different characters that I found so there's a bit of a there's a little bit of a plot hole there I must say because that okay. is not what we know police lineups to be but anyway so and then they all get released they all get hired in theory to do a job for Kaiser Soze but they don't know the work of Kaiser Soze at this point the job is to rob a police escort for criminal underworld to rob the money and think I think it's drugs from the criminal they then get offered a second job where they have to go to LA which is another drug drug heist that's on a boat. Turns out they get to the boat, there's no drugs, there's no money, and they're all left around the what the fuck is going on? They all die, and the only survivor is Verbal Kin. It is revealed at the end that he set up the whole thing, and he sat in the office telling the story of what had happened with the characters, and it may or may not be real. Uh, op- so we just sort of go into the movie now. Opening scene and setup. So the first 30 minutes or so, do you want to, what were your thoughts on it? How the pace ticked along to get the story going. I thought it jumped around a lot. Yeah, it does. And I found that quite hard to keep up with because I didn't... I mean, I knew it was all going to make sense. Their talking was so ridiculous. They're all sort of, like, really low-voiced and all the rest of it and you can't really hear them. That really put me off. And, I like, at one point I thought I was going deaf because I couldn't hear them properly. Right. And then I asked you to turn the sound up and technology one yeah so yeah i couldn't hear them properly i thought their talking was ridiculous it jumped around a lot and i get gabe Byrne, gabriel Byrne, yeah confused with gay burn who do you remember like on the itv or bbc2 they used to show the late late show which wasn't the late late show from america but it was an irish chat show no i don't do you remember it always used to be on I can't remember if it used to be on at late, late o'clock or when it used to be on. Right. But I always get Gabe Byrne and Gay Byrne confused. So when I saw that Gabe Byrne was in it, I was like, no way. I didn't realise that guy from The Late Late Show had such an illustrious film career. And then I did a bit of Googling and I realised my mistake. Gabriel Byrne. Very different person. Very different person. So yeah, with that, obviously we meet all the main characters as well. Yeah. Don't we? So did you understand... Who, no, you were shaking your head. No, I didn't understand who was who. Right, I found okay. it really difficult. I don't, it was like when we did Law Abiding Citizen yeah. for the practice one. Yeah. It, it it doesn't give you an awful lot to go on. All you go on in that first, those first couple of scenes is that they're criminals and they're really bad at what they do. And they've all got their own like little area or whatever that they excel in being bad at. And you don't really see any examples of that. You just have to take the police's word. Okay. And then when you see the guys, you're kind of like, oh, really? These are the guys? These are the... Well, I guess... So, obviously, they're all in a cell together. So, we've got 
Kent, Verbal Kent, we've got um, Keaton, Pollock, and McManus, and Fenster. There you they're yeah. the, they're the, they are what we are calling the usual suspects. So you were confused. I didn't know who was who. At, at that point? Yeah. Okay. Did you care about any of them at this point? No. No? Again. Did you care about the story? No. Okay. All right. Okay. No, I actually thought the whole thing was really dull and I don't understand. Oh, the whole thing was really dull. Okay. There's actually a couple of bits that I thought were really well done. And I think this is probably where I'm going to fall down, not having, having seen the film so far on from their release date yeah. is that I think it was probably actually a really clever and unusual film for its time. Films have built on that and yeah. that's a bit like it's This a bit could be a thing. problem that comes up with some of these older ones for yeah. sure. I, I know what you mean like it, when you were talking about the sound you know it's 25 years old it's not going to sound great you know. No but where, actually where watching it's... that film last night. Yeah no that's fair. That sound was alright. Yeah no it was alright. Yeah, okay, no, that's fine. Yeah, that's a fair criticism. And that film um, was, what, 1967? Yeah. Um, so, what I will say is that that man taking a sneaky leak on the boat to try and put that fire out at the beginning, Yeah. Uh, he got his whiz away very quickly after taking his whiz away. Well, that was Kobayashi. Was it? Yeah. Well, then Pete Postlethwaite works very quickly. Worked very quickly, God rest his soul. So, story, so middle of the film towards the end, story arc and plot. I'm guessing none of your opinions have changed as we sort of get to the the meat of the story as to why they're together, the heist, the set, you know, like why they were together, why they were in the situation, why they'd been sought out by Kaiser Soze. I none just of didn't, this, like, you were none like, of it hung together. Okay. So all I'd heard about it was that I thought that Gabe Burns' character would turn out to be the devil, so he would turn out to be Kaiser Soze. Right. And it did get to a bit where I was like, well, obviously, if he's been shot, mm, it's not going to be him. And I kind of twigged when Kevin Spacey was walking down the road. I was like, oh, we'll just stop walking. He'll start walking normally in a minute and then in the car and away. So, I, yeah, for that, that part, I just didn't know what was going on. And I was I was really having to stop myself from asking you, well, what's happening? There was a couple of... Okay, I did ask a couple of questions, You asked didn't once, I? you were like, what the hell's going on? Because you actually, it was near the start when they were first all arrested together... Yeah. And you asked, why are they together? Who's got them together? And it was, obviously, I was just like, just wait, because obviously yeah, you find out. Yeah, that Revealed. You know. um, okay, so going through the film, you didn't like it. So the closing <laughs> scenes with the big reveal, spoiler alert, 25 years later, if you haven't seen it, tough shit, sorry, where we find out, basically, Kevin Spacey character, Verbal Kin, had kind of, like, basically on the spot, made up the whole story in the policeman's office... Using the way you said policeman, he's in the good. policeman's office. <laughs> he's a robber. <laughs> he's a robber. He, is. he did a robber um, <laughs> in the policeman's office, speaking to. <laughs> Sorry, I was being a dick. Speaking to cops, and we find out. Oh, will you stop it and just let me get over this bit? <laughs> fucking hell, Jesus! It's like it's, it's like just it's like being my cops. mum. Just fucking, he's manipulated everything. Oh. He was the one that got them all together. He was the one that planned it from start to finish. And then the police office found out the whole story, making it up as he went along from the information that was on the board. Yeah. Behind, in front, names behind on the bottom of mate's yeah. coffee cups. and How do you... Yeah. Any, anything from that? I thought that... I, th- I did think the end twist was quite clever. Yeah. Because then he gets out. And obviously, what we don't... What we haven't said is Verbal Kint is a... Is a, he has a disability. Yeah. Throughout the film. And then, like the end scene, like one of the end scenes is him walking down the street, and he shakes it all off, and it's yeah. just like, oh, okay. Yeah. 
Verbal Kins, played by Kevin Spacey, who's one of my favourite actors of all time. But anyway. Really? Yeah. Yeah, like it's really, yeah, I know it's dodgy, isn't it? Because he obviously abused some young men on set. But looking through his back catalogue and the stuff that he's done, he's, yeah, I, I fucking, I would have gone to town, gone gone out on my shield for that guy as an actor. But anyway, another story for another time. Gone out on your what? On my shield. Really? Oh. I, yeah, massive, massive inspiration in terms of what he brought to a screen for me. But anyway, um, so anyway, right, that's the that's that. We'll see how that sounds when it all yeah, comes together. Could be pretty bad. Did you have a favourite character? Did we need to go through middle scenes, end scenes? No, we've done that. Okay. Okay. Um, my favourite character was Kobayashi. Okay, cool. So the lawyer for Kaiser Soze. Yeah, it's played by Pete Postlethwaite. Yep. Just because I really like Pete Postlethwaite. Yeah, um, cool. He's made some awesome films in his career. Yes, he has. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, I just think he's a really great actor. Yeah, um, he is. He's he's top notch. The only thing I don't know if I've seen him in that's more of a recent one was the remake of The Omen. Oh, yeah. Because he plays the priest, I think. No, I haven't seen that. I think he played the, the priest. So I might have to give that a go, see if it's any good. I watched The Omen with my dad. The original. One night. And it was really good. It's a great film. Because great horror film. my dad made a really fantastic joke <laughs> you say fantastic your dad's jokes are about as good as mine hmm. so yeah Damien had just done something really naughty <laughs> just really naughty <laughs> and my dad turned to me and just went oh he's a little devil isn't he <laughs> that is class <laughs> that's pretty that good that is fucking class no, like, that's pretty good for my well, dad well, yeah fair play yeah that is very good. Right, we're getting way off track here, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, do you have a? Did you have a worst character? Hockney. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So played by Kevin Pollock. Yeah. Any reason? Because it was a bit boring. Okay. Cool. All right. Fair I just. I mean, like Stephen Baldwin. I was quite surprised was in the film because out of the Baldwin. He's the lesser known. He is the lesser known, but actually, he was pretty good in that. Yeah, he film. was. He was. He was good in it. Yeah, it's the only real thing that I've seen Stephen Baldwin in. Um, apart from, like, he was in, I forget, he was in um, Born on the Fourth of July with Tom Cruise. Oh, was he? Yeah. I haven't seen it. That's a surprise. <laughs> did you have a favourite scene? Uh, yeah, I did, actually. Oh, okay. Um, That's surprising. It was the bit where um, Kobayashi's going up in the skyscraper yeah. when Finneran is in the meeting. Yeah. And they kill his guards. Oh, okay, cool. I yeah. thought that, that, I did actually find myself kind of forgetting about the, I don't really understand what's going on here. And that was the bit that I got quite absorbed in. And I was like, whoa, this is actually quite tense and quite right, good. Okay. And it, I thought it was shot quite well. Okay, cool. Did you have a, not so favourite scene? Oh, go on. No, can I just say as well that um, kind of fairly near the beginning of the front... <laughs> The front. The front of the, the front film. of the film. At the beginning of the town, there's a shot of New York, which at has the, be- the twin right, towers. Right, start again. At what? the beginning, you said at the beginning of the town this time. Oh fucking hell! What am I talking about? I haven't even drunk. At the beginning anything. of the at the front, <laughs> and then at the beginning of the town. <laughs> like the town's a very different film, although it has Pete Postlethwaite in it. Does it? Yes. Whoa! Check my skills. Maybe I should be fanboy. No, because you didn't know it. I bought that fact. <laughs> 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 fucking idiot 
Right. Uh, so, <laughs> no, right. So at the beginning of the film, it had the Twin Towers in it. Yeah. So at the beginning, I've got to say this clean, not laugh. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Usa. Uh, right. So at the beginning of the film, there is a shot of New York City and it's got the Twin Towers in it. And I right. just find it really weird how how quickly you can adjust or how quickly we've all adjusted to like a New York City skyline without the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. And then you see them in films and it just really catches you off guard. Yeah. And you're kind of like, whoa, there's like a whole thing, a whole brain process that goes Where, on. Yeah, you forget you that kind it of like remember so such a different and, skyline before. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. Did you have a worst scene, a non-favourite scene? Yeah. So I thought the bit with the where they start, I think they start doing the taxi service thing. Right. And they're in the underground car park. Right. And they're shooting the guys. Is that right? I think they're in the van. They did it. In, just... They did it on the street. They didn't. They didn't do that heist in the underground car park. No, but they were in an underground car park. I think either. They, they did left. afterwards and they had to shoot the guys and they That's didn't want it. to kill anyone. Yeah, that bit was hilarious when they had the guns out and they're all pointing at each other and they're kind of like jerking about and like, ooh, he's pointing a gun at me, I'll point a gun at him. It was ridiculous. Okay. And also when they shoot the guys, they drive off with blood on the side of the van. Here's a tip, lads. Don't want to be suspects. Wipe your van Get off. Get blood away. Yeah, cool. Okay, thank you for that. <laughs> you sound really grateful. No, no, it's fine. If that's your worst scene, that's your worst scene. I think, you know, you've got to point these things out. Scoring soundtrack. So-so. It's not really yeah. very memorable. No, I don't... I've got to say it wasn't. But the guy that is responsible for composing and putting it together has collaborated with Brian Singh on a few projects. One of them being Valkyrie with Tom Cruise. Oh, I love that film. Um, That's the guy with the briefcase that goes to assassinate Hitler. Yeah, the attempted to so Hitler's life. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And yeah, a few other Brian Singer's films, which takes us on to Brian Singer, director, and then his other work. So the director is Brian Singer. He's pretty cool. The most, I think the most recent thing he's been on to direct was Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. I don't think he's I done anything that. since then. I think he was producer in that, actually. He was director as well. I think he might have done both. He? Yeah, he directed 100%. Um, okay. He also, in 2000, he brought out the first, which I think he is to blame, not blame, strong one. I think he is responsible. Strong worm. <laughs> strong words. Strong worm. Uh, he's responsible for, in my opinion, kicking off the comic book movies where we have today. Because he did X Men in two thousand. Yeah. He's done a couple of the most recent X Men as well. He loves his X Men. He did a Superman in two thousands with Brendan Rolfe, not the ones with um, Henry Cavill. He did Valkyrie as well. Yeah. And then also, just, you know, whilst we're talking about it, and move on to the writer, Christopher McQuarrie. Loves Tom Cruise. Christopher McQuarrie, who wrote this, also wrote the most and directed Mission Impossible, the one I watched today, uh, one of the older ones. He's also wrote Edge of Tomorrow. He also wrote The Mummy. He also wrote Jack, Jack Reacher and also wrote Valkyrie. All starring Tom Cruise. So there's a little bit of a love in there. I wonder if he treats Tom Cruise as a muse. <laughs> Tom Cruise is my muse. <laughs> Just wanted to bring that in. Um, yeah. This film is also... It won two Oscars. What? 
<laughs> it won. For, I know it got supporting actor for, for Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Spacey, and it also won well a best original writing for a film. I think it was, which okay. was for Christopher McQuarrie also. Oh. So yeah, a bunch of facts there for Do you. you. Think he took Tom Cruise's as date. Well, he's as me as we might have. <laughs> yeah, anything to add to the director? Do you think he calls Tom Cruise Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise, my muse. Tom, my muse, Cruise. I don't know, but I just thought that was quite interesting that they've worked together so much. Anything else that I want to add? Yeah, anything you want to add to that? There are a few bits, but they're a bit silly. That's fine. We like silly. It's, we, I feel like the tone was quite serious early, and now it's gone silly, so it's a good little mix. Um, the lady lawyer. Yeah. Finneran. Yeah. Edie Finneran was the granddaughter in Titanic, which was the ship of dreams. Ship of death. And also they tipped out a bag of emeralds. And they weren't emeralds. I think they were dragon's tears. <laughs> okay. I'm fairly sure. They okay. look like emeralds to me. Okay, Not that cool. I've been near that many, but... Have you got a fact... Yes, I have got a fact. About this film. I have got a fact about this film. The editor, John Ottman, edited the movie on film. He felt that all the editing done electronically at the time was horrible because all the good editors were still working on film, which is much more difficult. Because of this, he thought about putting edited on a piece of shit Steenbeck at the end of the credits, but instead settled for the more subtle line edited on film. Tim Robbins was directing Dead Man Walking at the time and heard about John's idea, which sparked that film's credit ending of This film was edited on old machines. Cool. Did you that's know that? That's wicked. No, I didn't. I mean, that's quite a, quite a deep fact. You call yourself a fanboy? Mm, yeah. Did you fall asleep? I wanted to, but I fought it. Good for you. Um, next question. Are your prejudgments... No, not are. Were your prejudgments correct? I find it boring. Yeah, you did. To be fair, at the start you said it was boring. You thought yeah. it was going to be boring. That so, was, And you found it boring. I found it boring and they were the usual suspects. So your final thoughts, please? Or our final thoughts? I think at the time when it was released, it was probably the first film of its kind to kind of do that. I, I can imagine... It being very clever, I think I've probably suffered in my viewing because I've long. seen it. Yeah, it's been too long. But I didn't think it was all it was cracked up to be. Kevin Spacey, I don't rate as a an actor anyway. Oh, God. And we're not going to... I mean, we haven't talked about the allegations and stuff, have we? Well, it's not our place to. I've never been a big fan of Kevin Spacey. I thought he was good in American Beauty, but I don't really remember an awful lot about that performance so yeah Kevin Spacey for me has never really been a big that's fair enough I mean you're wrong but (laughs) fair enough I didn't see it the year it came out I was probably a bit too young to really know what it was about even though I was probably watching films like this when I was 13 so I probably didn't catch it till maybe my early 20s so I was Probably okay. a bit late to it. Films back then dated a lot slower than they do now. Yeah, yeah, Maybe six sure. years or so. I probably would have seen this, yeah, 2001-ish. I think it is fucking brilliant. The fact that it was made on such a small budget. This kind of Six film, million, though. That's a tiny budget. That's a tiny budget now. No, is it a, tiny it a, for yeah. 1995? Yeah, of course. Oh, you think we had Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. You know, like, blockbusters were expensive then. Like, if I look at cinema now... There isn't this kind of film being made on on a on a budget maybe seeing around twenty million, 
25 million or whatever the equivalent would be nowadays mm-hmm. unless it's truly independent cinema and that takes a lot to get funded get the film made or it's a blockbuster they're the sort of films I don't I feel this sort of character led movie without a massive set piece and stuff doesn't exist so yeah like for me this kind of film is getting rarer and rarer I love it I think it has stands up really well i love that that it's so dialogue heavy once you know the twist it does lose its impact but i just love this story i do i think it's brilliant and maybe it's because i'm biased about it because kevin spacey's in it even though i'm conflicted about how i feel about him but i just remember the first time i was like fucking hell it's awesome and i still think it holds up really well and maybe that is because i've seen it several times i saw it early enough that it wasn't ruined by the internet by memes yeah. by people fucking making jokes of the story arc and all this sort of stuff that comes with pop culture as things age so for yeah. me it's i still think it's great but that's what makes that's what's really interesting is you can see why people like it so much and why it's revered but watching it so far late in life you're mm. like now nah, i'm done i'm out i don't really feel it brought anything to the table for me like I could have carried on quite happily not having seen it and not I don't feel like that's bought anything to me yeah no it's that's not fine. enriched yeah it's not enriched like, your cinema like for example when we watched so when we did our practice podcast one of the films we watched was Pacific Rim yeah which I hadn't seen yeah, yeah. and I had avoided it because I thought it was just going to be a stupid film I mean it's it a stupid, stupid boys it film it is a stupid boys but film I loved yeah, it yeah but it's great it's so good yeah and, and like that's what I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to being proved wrong about a film and kind of kind of being like oh yeah i really should have i have missed out on this i've yeah. slept on it in some cases probably literally yeah this one i'm mm, no that's fine that's fine i mean it's a good first one that you don't like so it's fine we've got to keep yeah. score actually so your score out of 10 so we'll keep score and we'll keep your scores out of 10 as well mm, i am gonna give it i'm gonna give it a five I think. okay that's better than i thought I think I haven't really got anything else to judge it against, so I'm going to go right in the middle. I'm willing to admit that maybe I'm at fault for not having seen it sooner, and I'm also willing to admit that the film uh, is not as great as people make out. (laughs) Mainly you. (laughs) That's fine. Part of this is also how I feel about them now. Oh, yeah. So, you know, maybe I should score it. What do you want to give it? I'm going to go 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10? Yeah. Scores on the draws, Miss Ford. Hey, very good. <laughs> right. Um, I think that's it from me. I don't have anything else to add. Thank you for watching Movie One with me. It was Aww. really cool to get one done and yeah, it was. get this one in the bag and yeah. we'll release it in a week and a half. The reason it, it took us so long to get content released was that we were supposed to do stuff over the summer but I ended up working most of the summer well all of the summer with uh, my job uh, so we didn't it didn't come together quite as planned no. just because we don't want to overstretch ourselves at the moment we're going to go for fortnightly so that gives us time to kind of settle into watching films and getting content out and if we feel that we can put a weekly show out we will mm-hmm. but we'll see how it goes for the moment yeah. I'm looking forward to the next one what is going to be the next film do you want to so, yeah, I think so. What we're gonna do is gonna go a bit more modern, just to give it a little bit of balance. We're gonna go Wolf of Wall Street next for the next one. Okay, I have seen some of that. I just yeah, but you haven't seen, seen it, it from all. start to finish. No, I haven't. And you don't have a real idea of the movie. I know that I use a lot of the gifs at work. Yep, that's because so it'll be nice to really know. It's very gifable. <laughs> give it a watch if you haven't seen it, or rewatch it if you have. Cheers. That's it from me. That's it from you.
that's it from you no me maybe so yeah that's been the usual suspects if you have any strong thoughts about the usual suspects you can drop us an email at movie grouch fanboy pod at outlook.com let us know if you are grouching with me or whether you're uh, a team fanboy if you have any funny movie or cinema trip related stories that you want us to read out and give you a little shout out you can drop them to that email address as well we're currently available on stitcher and apple podcasts and it would be amazing if you could rate and review us if you've enjoyed us we're on social media you can find us on instagram and facebook and we'll link those pages in the show notes Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Do you have anything else you want to say? Thanks for listening. Hope it was fun. Um, Yeah, and we'll see you next time for Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, you will. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. 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 Ciao. Bye. Right, so yeah, we have to... What I would do is I would just leave all your stuff on the floor and make more noise, but, you know. Thanks very much. Firefly. Is it a fire? See, you say Firefly. I say Firefly. And I think of the bloody TV show. Not that I ever watched it, but it, that's where my mind goes. The Firefly Flam... <laughs> the Firefly Flam... Fling flam flamming, <laughs> flamming. The Firefly family is a family of serial killers that appear in both House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects. Cool. So that's what I've been watching. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is there anything else we do at this bit? I can't remember. Uh, no, I don't think I don't so. I think so. Do you not want to do cinematography? We don't normally. <laughs> Why have I got it written down on that list then? I don't know, it's not in my questions. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. I'm sure we did cinematography because when we did the raid, I think we talk talk about about it it. if it's if it's worth talking Mm, about. I think we've talked about it, and you're. I've not edited these questions since I wrote them, so we can do it. You want to very fruity mood this evening? If you want to talk about the cinematography, you go ahead. No, it's fine. I wouldn't dare.